To kick off each hour of the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive, we've asked the Catholic schools in the Archdiocese to say a prayer. We are the members of the St. Edith Stein Honor Society of Genetele Academy. We are in 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. This is AM 1160 The Quest, and this is the best of the Quest Pledge Drive. Uh, thank you uh, for the prayer. That was beautiful from uh, uh, Regina Chaley, the Salve Regina. I love that. I love it. I'm Dave Savage. I'm the programming and production manager here at The Quest, and uh, the Pledge Drive is going strong. Uh, i tell you what. Why don't we introduce uh, who we've got in here this hour, uh, Father Adrian Ployce. How are you doing this afternoon? Doing great. Very honored to be here and, and uh, so pleased with all your, your good work and, and excited that perhaps we can help you all maybe raise some awareness of the importance of Catholic Radio and also at uh, this time raise some money. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now uh, Father Joe Shea, Shea you Shea you yes. Shea you Okay, great. And uh, th- thanks for coming in here. Absolutely. It's it's an honor. Um, my first chance to be on Quest Radio. Um, my college degree actually is in broadcast journalism. So, is it really? Um, the Lord had other plans with those communication skills, but it's nice to be back on radio. I was on the Georgia State radio station, WRAS-FM, album 88 for my college years. But awesome. Now Quest Radio, 1160 AM. Well, maybe all that training you had before was just building up to this moment right here. It was kind of ironic that my first job out of college was at a radio station up in Rome, Georgia. Turned out that I had my Romes mixed up. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So let me just kind of set the table where we are right now as far as the pledge drive goes. And uh, we have, uh, uh, we're now needing $26,900 before six o'clock. So that and that that what that's going to do that's going to be able to use up all the match money that we have so we we started off uh this afternoon at three o'clock with uh thirty thousand dollars in in match money so basically any amount you give any amount that's donated will be doubled okay because of that match 
I don't care if it's a $5, it's going to turn into 10. If it's $1,000, it's $2,000. So right now we have 26,900 to go. Uh, if if somebody could write a check for that 900, that'd be awesome. If you could do it over the next 12 months, uh, you know, that's less than 100 bucks a month. That would be awesome too. Anything you can do is going to help keep the quest on the air and help us uh, with our operating expenses. And I'll just give that phone number real quick and, and we'll get into what uh, you gentlemen are here to talk about. But uh, that number is 470-508-1160. You can go to thequestatlanta.com or tap the donate button on your <coughs> Quest Atlanta app. And once again, that's 470 508 1160 so uh fathers what's happening well i wanted to i want to ask uh father joe a little bit about his uh his vocation story i'm sure there's uh, an interesting mm -hmm. story and and how the lord called you uh, into formal discernment and then into ministry so father joe would you like to share a few words with us about that Absolutely. Thank you, Father Adrian. Um, I think all of our stories have multiple dimensions. And, you know, there's the people saying to you as a young boy, as an altar server, I think you would be a good priest. Mm -hmm. And my desire at that time was really originally to play sports. And then when I didn't have the physical abilities, then might as well be able to talk about it because I like to talk. Um, so... Along the way in college, I moved up to Georgia and became involved in the life team program at St. Anne's over in Marietta. And all of a sudden I had teenagers telling me that I had a calling. But in the middle of this, ironically, when that first job in Rome had not worked out, my dad had asked me to take some career tests down at Georgia State. Well, those career tests, which were based on interest skills and personality came back saying, I should either go into public relations or clergy. Hmm. So that was age 23 and entered the seminary at age 32. Um, but along the way, just had so many confirmations, so many people encouraging my vocation. And one of those was actually Father Adrian, because he may or may not remember, but <laughs> I was accepted in the spring of 1996. So before I started in the fall, um, went to some of the summer gatherings and um, it was at the Archbishop's old house uh, near the cathedral, and I walk in a room of strangers, and I notice the future Father Adrian, the future Father Eric Hill, and the future Father Victor Gallier kind of being the ringleaders of the group, and they are all having fun. And they welcomed me, and I said, I can do this, uh, because there was joy in this process, joy in their preparation, that they enjoyed being seminarians, but also enjoyed being with each other. And I think that's the key to any good ministry is the joy of serving and the joy of being with others. Um, mm -hmm. So that was part of just the nudging that went on. But ultimately, seminary went well until the moment of decision, and I was struggling with worthiness. And my spiritual director said, Joseph, you're not worthy. I'm not worthy. None of us is worthy. The question is, are you called and will you say yes? You and I know you're called, so that remains one question. Will you say yes? And so thanks be to God with his grace, with his nudging, I finally said yes. And that was uh, 21 years ago. So hmm. that's kind of the snapshot of my journey. I know Father Adrian has an interesting journey as well. <laughs> A young man from New York that ends up in the mountains of southern Tennessee and somehow ends up in Atlanta after that. Father Adrian, what's your story? <laughs> well, I, uh, my, my mother was born in Montgomery, uh, Alabama. And, um, and so I've got some southern roots. And dad is, after all, from southern New York. So 
Um, you know, the <laughs> Southern blood uh, uh, flows through my veins. And uh, when I was looking at uh, colleges, I really just liked, um, I liked the South. And I'd been down to visit relatives on many occasions. And I, I liked the kind of God-centered, uh, family-centered um, dynamic of Southern living. And things are a little slower down here. And growing up in New York when everyone was in such a rush and there's so much pressure, I thought maybe I'd like to kind of escape to uh, a quieter place for my college uh, education. And so I went to a small Christian uh, school, um, the University of the South, is known as Sewanee. It's actually owned by the Episcopal Church. And I'm a cradle Catholic. My dad's a cradle Catholic. Um, there are a lot of converts to Catholicism uh, in my family, but uh, I've always always been Catholic, always will be Catholic, praise Jesus. And so I went down to this uh, Protestant school, and uh, all these friends that I made, they all wanted to to pray. So we would do that a lot. We'd pray together and and read the Bible, and it was just very, um, it was very comfortable. And they teased me about being Catholic, and some of them didn't understand the Catholic Church, and I would try to share with them uh, my faith. They didn't understand our relationship with the Blessed Virgin Mary, mm-hmm. and they're very confused about a lot of that. And so I tried to explain that as best as I could. But really, my my vocation found its origin in those um, times of prayer and those times of Bible study with people of different denominations, which taught me a lot about ecumenism. You know, we can pray with our our Christian brothers and sisters, and good things will come from it. Now, obviously, the finest prayer, the superlative prayer, is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, the source and summit of our lives as Roman Catholics is the Eucharist. Um, but nonetheless, <clears throat> the prayers of these uh, small uh, groups of Christians did bear fruit. And finally, I really felt the Lord calling me to ministry. And like many young men, I tried to run from God, and so I, I was, I wanted to come up with some stall tactics. So I thought, well, I need to go to graduate school. You know, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe this vocation thing is just, uh, is not, is not real. You know, so I went to the University of Georgia, and of course, it's amazing. You know, God is at the University of Georgia as well. And so I, I eventually went to a, a local, uh, a local priest, um, the parish uh, down the road from me, Saint Joseph's, mm-hmm. um, and. Father uh, Father Ryan and I uh, prayed a bit, and and I started the process. And I was uh, in 1994. I was at the cathedral in Charleston, and I just knew it was it was a Palm Sunday, and I just knew God was calling me. I He was getting more and more um, sort of forceful in His messages to me, uh, or, or maybe my hearing was improving, one <laughs> or the other. And so the following uh, Sunday was Easter Sunday, and I went down to Florida with my parents. We were going to spend Easter together, and we did. And I had to kind of break the news to them. And I had I had a concern that my mother was going to feel like she was being robbed of additional grandchildren, you know. And uh, and sure enough, I, uh, I I sat them down, and I said, you know, I believe the Lord is, is calling me to the priesthood. And my mother right away, who at the time was still Episcopalian, said, Oh well, you know, don't you want to be a priest in the in the Episcopal Church, and then I can have grandchildren? And right. she laughed. I said, "Well, Mom," I said, "Thank you," uh, but I think the the Lord is calling me to to priestly ministry, but He's not 
he's not calling me to leave the Catholic Church, for heaven's sakes. And I, I had to be very careful because I didn't want to offend her. She wasn't Catholic yet. I needed to be respectful. This is my mother. But eventually, uh, after being a priest for about eight years, she converted. Wow. Um, wow, cool. Yes, and so... Uh, so she's Catholic, and I, and it was, a, it was an interesting conversation I had with her. I asked her, because again, it's a complicated dynamic being in the same family. You know, there's so much, um, there's so much emotion involved in in our relationships with family members. You don't want to put undue pressure on people because it actually can invalidate a, a sacrament. So I had to be very gentle. I said, "Mom, tell me, tell me why you would like to become Catholic." She said, "Well, I would like to receive." communion. I want to receive the Eucharist. And I, th I said, that is a perfect reason mm -hmm. to wanting to become Catholic. And so uh, we brought her into the church. And dad had known her at that point for 50 years. They oh. dated three years before marriage. So this is between 1957 and, and 2007. It was the very protracted slow sale, like, you know, the, the long... The long um, discussion was had over half a century. And finally, um, the seeds that were planted over years, over decades. It's a tortoise in the hair. The tortoise yes. won. <laughs> yeah, and dad never pushed. He was very careful. Mm -hmm. Never pushed. And, and mom made the decision on her own. And it was, uh, it was beautiful. And she was, in, she was in prayer one day. And, you know, she was, she was talking to the Lord. She said, Lord, you know, what's the, why am I here? What's the purpose of my life? Really? And, and he told her, well, I, I wanted you to be the mother of a priest. I thought, wow, that's that's a really special thing to hear, for her to hear and for me to hear. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it's a very, very beautiful story. And, and I'm, a ha I'm a happy priest. So I'm not, I'm not like, uh, you know, dragging my feet and, oh, my goodness, another day. No, I'm joyful and it's a wonderful life. That's great. Can I, let me just jump in here. Uh, hold that thought. Uh couple of things, and, and both these stories are, are reminiscent somewhat, just because it's the faith journey and everything, but uh, the the um, journey home, uh, we air that uh, weekdays at, at 11 o'clock, and uh, it, it's a... It, it's always a story of maybe somebody who's fallen away or somebody who was never Catholic in the first place, but then it's their journey as, as far as finding it. Uh, it reminds me of that. But also another thing you mentioned too was uh, the, the the kids, the young people that you were praying with and the Protestants, and they didn't <clears throat> understand this fascination with Mary. And I, like so many times, there's a, also a show we have on uh, weekday afternoons, uh, called the communion and it's it's targeted for people that are thinking of becoming catholic or or you know they're not catholic but they they have questions about it and that question comes up a lot on that show uh where they're you know they they don't under people the protestants don't understand you know why do you worship you know you're only supposed to worship god it's like well no we don't we don't <laughs> but well i try to share with people dave uh i desire to love Mary with the heart of Jesus and to love Jesus with the heart of Mary. Now, I don't oh, have wow. the capacity to love Mary the way Jesus does because he's man and God, but to my capacity, to my capacity. And, you know, the Lord doesn't hold back loving us. Look at the cross. He doesn't hold back. Right. So I, I want to love Mary just like Jesus does to my capacity. And I want to love Jesus just the way his mother does. And, 
And I think if you say that to a Protestant, you can say, you know, if I'm loving Mary just like Jesus does, I can't get in any trouble theologically. I'm, I'm surely I'm not doing anything wrong. And if I love Jesus the way his mother does, well, surely that's a, a good way to love the Lord. And yeah. they, they can't disagree with that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. This is the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive on AM 1160, The, Ple the Quest. And uh, the number to call to donate, uh, we're still, I, I think the number hasn't changed, but uh, let, me, let me just give a shout out. I know, <laughs> Father, you wanted to uh, say, Father Joe, uh, you had a thought there, but I, let, me, let me just uh, give a shout out to some of these people because we are so thankful for Bernadette and Roswell, uh, Todd, uh, Jim and Gail and Roswell. Uh, we got a few anonymous uh, donors here, which is awesome. Uh, we also have uh, Kathy and Tom. Uh, we've got Amy in Johns Creek, and that's prayers for uh, walking with mothers in need, which is a, a great cause. Uh, and also, um, is this uh, Juan... Uh, boy, want, uh, I want to say Juan Philippe and Beth, uh, Father Adrian, we love you, and they're from Kennesaw, so, uh, and I might be mispronouncing that name, and I'm sorry if I am, but we thank everybody for their uh, donations, and I, and I brought up the those shows, those two shows called The Communion and uh, The Journey Home, uh, just to say that, that these stories that you're both telling, you know, we have stories like that every day on the quest. And if you are inspired by any of these stories that you're hearing, we've got more like it. And if you want to keep those coming, uh, the best thing to do is to donate. And to, uh, you know, we're coming into, the, we've got less than two hours left here on the pledge drive. So if you want to donate, uh, call 470-508-1160. Go to thequestatlanta.com uh, or tap the donate button on the Quest Atlanta app on your phone. Uh, that's 470-508-1160. And Father Joe, did, 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 have I interrupted you long enough you forgot what your thought was? Or Oh no, I'm blessed I don't forget, but I had some new thoughts as well because just reflecting on the value and need of Catholic Radio, especially in this time coming out of kind of the heart of the pandemic, and mm -hmm. obviously COVID is still out there, but we have now more resources, more weapons. Um, it's something where two years ago when we had confirmation in the fall of 2020, I've been doing high school and college ministry for close to 30 years and had had one teenager deny the existence of God. And we had five kids in our confirmation class of 2020 that did not want confirmation because during the quarantine, they basically had lost their faith. Five kids said, I no longer believe in God. Wow. And a lot of that was the resources they turned to, what they read and what they listened to as far as the influences on their faith. And they just did a study two years ago that young people between the ages of 10 and 12 now, that is really when they're making a lifetime faith decision. And that's when a lot of kids are losing their faith, losing their belief in God. Mm -hmm. And for me, the pandemic was a time when my faith grew. Um, and then last year, I also went through a battle with lymphoma cancer. Um, and to go through that and have chemo and have the powerful prayers of my whole parish family. Um, and just knowing from day one that I had so much support, you know, and that to me is the greatest value um, that I've learned 
because I went through my 20s thinking I could do it on my own and finding out there's no way I can do it on my own, nor do I have to. Mm-hmm. But as a pastor, when we're always focused on, I need to take care of my people. And last year, I had to kind of get out of my own way and let them take care of me. And they did in so many different ways. And so when I started, they said, even after the six chemos every three weeks, that you may still need surgery. And so when I had the scans after three chemos, and they said the tumors are already gone, and I said this never happens, and then the doctor said, uh, maybe you have connections. <laughs> um, but to see the value of surrounding myself with people that really are people of encouragement and people of love. And I think sometimes church comes across as being a church of rules and requirements. And, you know, anytime you have any group or any gathering, there kind of has to be some common beliefs and some common practices. But at the end of the day, we're a community of love. That's what Jesus started with. I mean, one of the interesting things about the early churches, they called the Eucharist the agape or agape meal, um, a meal of love. And, you know, now sometimes it seems like we have people that come that their lives are so busy on Sundays that they're kind of in and out. And as Father Adrian said earlier, it's it's a time of slowing down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, God can speak to me on I-285 when I'm driving around um, the parking lot of Atlanta Roads, um, but he best speaks to me when my heart is quiet when my heart really is just open to him fully and completely and he eliminates those distractions and then helps me really just to be fully immersed in his love. Um, and I've just had so many of those beautiful moments and, um, you know, it just is something where I think sometimes we as pastors fall into that temptation of getting so busy that we don't appreciate all of the little ways that God is present. Um, maybe Father Adrian can speak to that, but I have seen it, I think, more so coming out of the pandemic because <clears throat> the Lord has given us so many revelations in the last couple of years just by his simple, humble, but amazing presence. And Father Adrian, if I could just jump in here real quick, and I just want to say this is this is the second time I'm hearing this, uh, what you said about the pandemic, because earlier we had uh, Father Tim... Uh, Nadalski and and uh, Father Michael Rebeck on, and they were talking about a similar thing. But they said that that their pews aren't as full as they were before the pandemic, and that a lot of people have have you know they they weren't going to mass, and then they found a way to fill that time that they would ordinarily. And it's like, oh, I you know I've got I'm on a bowling league or what I don't know whatever they they done other things now and they haven't come back to mass and to hear you say that some of these young people now after the pandemic they don't even believe in god anymore i mean is that what you said um that's what that's what they said um you know and i think we live in a world that is so physical and concrete and everybody wants physical proof and yet you know to me god is in my heart god is the God of the visible and visible, but usually I encounter him first, you know, in ways that I can't see with the human eye, but I can see with the eyes of the heart. And I think everybody nowadays wants physical proof. And they're like, well, the pandemic is evidence. There's no God. It's like, no, the pandemic's evidence. There is a God and we need him. him. It's the consequence of free will. Um, People didn't use their free will in good ways. And so the rest of us suffered. Um, But in the middle of that, there was grace. 
Um, you know, and there's more grace coming out of it. I'm seeing so many amazing things right now. Uh, Our pews are starting to fill up. Um, you know, we are thankful for that. Um, but I have people that come back that they're still looking, um, and they've chosen to be with us. Um, and I wish that I just had all these immediate, easy answers, but I find as I go along in the life and faith journey, there's no easy, immediate answers. Um, it's tried and trusted answers from all of history, um, but it comes to me in personal ways. Um, it's the encounter. Um, and, you know, God God reveals himself in so many amazing ways. I mean, you know, I was sharing with Father Adrian before we went on the broadcast that um, we just had what I consider a miracle in our pews. Um, a month ago, I had a call on a Saturday for a mother that was dying in one of our local hospitals of a blood infection. She had just had a baby, tried to have a baby for 14 years. Baby was healthy and happy and beautiful, but mama had gotten a blood infection. And so I was not able to get there myself, found a priest. This was Saturday. On Monday, her sister comes in for daily mass and says, Father Joe, the moment that the priest anointed my sister, touched her head, the fever left her body. Wow. On Saturday, she was dying. On Tuesday, she went home from the hospital. The following Sunday, she was in my pews. Wow. Amazing. It is. Yes, it reminds me of uh, Peter's mother-in-law yeah. being, I, I love that passage in scripture, you know, the his community of faithful brings this need to the Lord Jesus, and then he approaches and and heals her. And what does it say in scripture? She got up and waited on them. So immediately her health, her restoration gave her an opportunity to express love by feeding. And you know that's what she was doing. That's what it meant by serving them. She was providing them with food. And that that desire, we have a desire to nourish one another. And I think by being in the pews together, we are witnessing to one another. This this is all real. It's all true. God is love. And and we need to continue to encourage one another in our faith. And, you know, as Dave has been saying, you know, Catholic radio is a great way mm-hmm. for us to uh, explore different uh, points of faith and also to sweep away some of the doubts that we have to find answers, the, the answer of sin in the world. You know, what's the reason for that pain in the world, suffering, you know, there, there are answers to these key questions that all of us have uh, in our minds and in our hearts and God through the ministry of, uh, through broadcast ministry, through Catholic radio, can can calm us and sweep away some of these um, some of these worries that we have. You know, the adversary he he manipulates through fear and through anxiety, through misinformation, and the spirit of the world has really been working very hard to confuse our, our young people. Mm-hmm. And Catholic radio gives families an opportunity to introduce uh, the holy name of God as as part of the regular. A parlance of the family, in other words, to speak reverently with great love about God in in ways that reveal that we have an understanding of of community, of church, of Eucharist, of the sacraments. And if our children hear us talking about God in a loving way, consistently, regularly, then church isn't just something we do on Sunday. The experience of community flows through the week. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think too, you know, talking about bringing people back into the pews and getting them there. I, I think if, if 
things like the Quest are out there, if they just happen to stumble across something, and I can't tell you how many times I've heard somebody say that they turned on the Quest and it was, it happened to be at that moment, it was something they needed to hear at that moment. Uh, it's not just a coincidence. I mean, come on, <laughs> you know. That's right. And, and <clears throat> honest, but I've I've heard that so many times. I've only been working here since January. And I've heard that so many times where people have said at that moment, and it's actually happened to me too, where I, I'll, I'll just turn, you know, I'm leaving here and I, yes. I turned it on. It's like, well, I needed to hear that. And, yeah. and we need to keep that going. So if you want to donate or pledge, uh, we could definitely use your help. 470-508-1160 is the number. Go to thequestatlanta.com or tap on the donate button on the Quest Atlanta app, which is on your phone. We are now, and I'm going to get an update on this. I tell you what, let's get an update on that. We've got the dollar for dollar match going on. Uh, $30,000 is what we're trying to do before six o'clock. So we got an hour and a half left to go here. Uh, let's take a little break and then we'll come back and talk with Father Adrian and Father Joe a little bit more and we'll get an update of where we are as far as the pledge drive goes and how far we are on that $30,000. You are listening to AM 1160, The Quest, and this is our fall pledge drive, where the theme is the best of the quest, stories of inspiration. After hearing these stories of inspiration, if you are moved to donate, please call 470-508-1160. Go to our app or go to thequestatlanta.com. Remember, The Quest is 100% listener supported, and we rely on donations from people like you to stay on the air. We'll be back to the Best of the Quest Pledge Drive shortly on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. AM 1160 The Quest had such an overwhelming response to the Book of Esther Bible study that we're once again teaming up with Proclaim My Word to bring you a new study called God's Plan to Protect You. Carrie Allen, what are you going to do? Present the letter to the Ephesians written by St. Paul. It's an awesome letter that he is trying to encourage the Ephesians to stay strong in their faith, not to forget their first love and to understand that God has a plan for them and he has a plan for all of us. Sounds great. How do we get in? on this. Go to the website, proclaimmyword.org, and register, sign up, and then you can download the study guide, which you can use as you're listening. But also, it will give you an opportunity to form some small groups, either virtually with another group, or you can use in person, in your area, in your church, neighborhood, or whatever, that you can uh, study the Letter to the Ephesians together. The Letter to the Ephesians Bible Study starts this October on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. This historic time in the pro-life movement makes it critical to support women and families now more than ever before. Pregnancy Aid Clinic, a Catholic Pregnancy Resource Center in Metro Atlanta, offers that support. If you need help or can help, go to PregnancyAidClinic.com. AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio, with programming rooted in the teachings of the Catholic Church, helps listeners, both Catholic and non-Catholic, learn more about our faith. People get a lot out of the quest. So why do I listen to the quest? I think that always having that hunger for God and having the ability to find teachings of the church and teachings of Jesus so conveniently on my phone at my fingertips. I also love to listen to the 8 a.m. hour with 
Father John Ricardo, one of my favorite Catholic speakers. I listen to The Quest on the app. It's awesome. It gives me a positive uh, message for the day, and then I can share that with, with uh, others that I get in, in contact with and encounter. Quest Radio strengthens my faith. None of this would be possible without the support of listeners like you because we are a 100% listener-supported station. We have expenses that need to be covered to keep the quest on the air. So your donation of any amount helps to bring people closer to Christ. You can donate from the Quest Atlanta app or at thequestatlanta.com. Let us offer a prayer of thanksgiving for Monsignor Richard Lopez, a priest serving in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. Eternal God, we thank you for the blessing of Monsignor Lopez, who represents you on this earth. Make him more greatly aware of the grace that you pour out through him as he ministers the sacraments and help him to fall more deeply in love with you after each and every Mass that is celebrated. Please strengthen him so that he may lovingly and courageously shepherd your flock. May we support Monsignor Lopez in the Archdiocese of Atlanta by offering him kind words, deeds, and assistance. We thank you, God, for the gift of Monsignor Richard Lopez. Allow him to remain an example of your truth and a guide to all those he is entrusted to serve. We ask these things of you, our Lord, our eternal priest. Amen. Christopher Minutes, thoughts on making every day count. I'm Tony Rossi. St. Therese of Lisieux is much beloved because of her simple yet profound approach to loving God and doing His will. On her deathbed, she uttered the words, Everything is grace, which reflected her philosophy that even life's struggles had purpose in the greater scheme of things. Singer Matt Marr is an admirer of St. Therese and wrote a song inspired by her called Everything is Grace. During a Christopher Close-Up interview, he told me, a lot of those valleys that we walk through can become profound places of transformation where we're actually brought closer to God. There is an opportunity in everything to receive grace for the journey and for life, and to love people no matter how difficult things may seem. This message was brought to you by the Christophers. Thanks for listening, and remember that it's better to light one candle than to curse the darkness. The Quest presents Pro-Life Minutes. Many people in our society who are against abortion are willing to make exceptions for cases of rape or incest. When these same people are asked if criminals should be punished for their crimes, they quickly agree that they should. The Supreme Court ruled that neither rapists nor child molesters deserve the death penalty and that sentencing them to death would be cruel and unusual punishment. Why then are we sentencing innocent babies to death? Isn't that cruel and unusual punishment? Innocent children should not be punished for their father's crime. Rape, incest, and abortion are wrong for the same reasons. They're violent acts of aggression against another person. Women need protection from criminals, not their babies. A baby is not the worst thing which can happen to a rape or incest victim. An abortion is. Let's show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. The Best of the Quest, stories of inspiration pledge drive on AM 1160, The Quest. Make your pledge or donation by calling 470-508-1160 on our app or go to thequestatlanta.com. Now back to the Best of the Quest pledge drive on AM 1160, The Quest, your Atlanta Catholic Radio. 
Oh, we got action going on here, that's for sure. I'm Dave Savage, the programming and production manager here at The Quest. And uh, we are joined this hour by Father Adrian Ploys and uh, Father Joe uh, Cheyut. Did I mess up your names too bad? No, they were perfect. Okay, great, perfect. great. Thank you. Um, so anyway, let me. Uh, I want to get back to our conversation here, um, but I've got some things to report. First of all, I, I mentioned going into the break that we've got a dollar-for-dollar match. Somebody put up $30,000 and said they will give that to us if we get match money. It, whatever whatever people donate, they will, they will match it. So uh, of that, we've got $25,180 to go. $25,180. Now, I don't expect somebody to pull out their checkbook and write one for $25,180. I don't think that's going to happen. But what if somebody was to take care of the 180 on there and just round it off? Or maybe take care of just the 80 uh, it would look nicer on the board it would it really would and so if, if that's something you could do and it wouldn't have to be even be all in one uh if you want to break it down over 12 months we can do that as well so uh go ahead and, and make sure you're calling in 470-508-1160 thequestatlanta.com uh or uh the quest atlanta app and now uh we were talking about hawks earlier too we have a 50 dollars gift card now for the next person that donates. The next person that donates gets that $50 gift card, or you can choose the Jim and Nick's barbecue, $50 value. It's a, uh, I didn't understand exactly what it was. It, it was like a basket, and it's got some barbecue sauce, but I think there's a gift card in there, mm -hmm. something like that. So here's the thing. The first person gets their choice between those two. The second person takes whatever's left over. Unless someone pledges $25,180, <laughs> in which case they get both prizes, I think, and, don't you? Yeah, and then we go home. <laughs> and we go home. That's right. <laughs> so, well, but the radio never goes home. The radio is forever. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> we have a strange it? noise in the building, so... I think we hear a smoke alarm going off. Oh, you Apparently, know we are setting on fire the whole building by our conversation. Hold on here, guys. Are we on? There we go. Okay. I believe we're... Yeah, we're all set. I don't know what that was. That was the weirdest thing. We were off the air for a little while. Huh. And now we're back. I'm glad we're back. Yeah. Because we have money to raise. We have money to raise. $25,180. What, in the next seven minutes? I, I, and I believe, I believe, yeah, <laughs> I believe I've got to repeat all that stuff now because I don't think any of that went out over the air. So uh, let me just say this, we're, we, we've got $30,000, I'll try and do this, uh, the, the sure. Cliff Notes version of it, but we had at the, at the beginning of uh, three o'clock when we came back here for our last three hours, uh, somebody said, here's $30,000 for match money. So we now have... Of that, we've got $25,180 to go. And I, what I was saying is I would love it if somebody could round that off, maybe maybe write a check for $180 to make it nice and even, or just $80 would be real nice too. So if you could do that, uh, we would appreciate it. But I also want to mention uh, the Hawks, or Hoax, not sure how to pronounce it, but we got a $50 gift card to Hawks, and if you want to take that... The next person who donates anything is going to get that $50 gift card. Or you could have your choice of the Jim and Nick's barbecue. It's like a basket kind of thing. It's got some barbecue sauce in it. Sounds delicious. Gift card. Yeah, barbecue. 
What? Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's a restaurant, so you get a little in-house restaurant and then barbecue sauce for you to cook your own barbecue. And they had the cheese... What was oh, that? Oh, the, the cheese biscuits. Cheese biscuits, yeah. yeah. Those are magnificent. Yeah, absolutely. So you've got your choice. The next person who donates gets their choice between those two. The second person gets whatever's left over, which isn't a bad deal. So go ahead and do that. Call 470-508-1160. Go to thequestatlanta.com, or you can donate from your app as well. That number, again, is 470-508-1160. Um so I got all distracted when we went off the oh, air there fine. for a minute. So uh, where were we? Well, I think we were talking. I think about we the... were just talking about you know kind of people searching right now, and mm, yes, yes, you know, it's something where I think what has happened in 2022 is that now we're reaching out to people in so many different ways. Whereas when I was young, it was newspaper, radio, and TV. And now there's so many other forms and mediums, mm -hmm. which I think is a blessing and opportunity, but sometimes a real challenge. A distraction too. Well, mm -hmm. it can be a distraction mm -hmm. because part of what's happening is there's so many different messages out there that I think there's a lot more confusion. I don't know if Father Adrian's seen that with people in his office, because the people that come to talk to us one-on-one, -on -one, usually they're the ones, they're seeking truth, but they no longer know what the truth is or where it is. Absolutely. And, you know, our, our Lord Jesus Christ said, essentially, to summarize, you know, he extends his mercy to us, he forgives us, but he says, go and sin no more. Go and sin no more. So in order for us to be able to differentiate between uh, truth and lies, grace and sin, we have to have a place where we can go, where we can receive truth. And not 50,000 different opinions, mm -hmm. but one source, one deposit of faith, an institution that actually has teaching authority. And the institution that assembled the canon of sacred scripture then has the authority given to it by God to interpret that scripture and to give us truth on faith and morals, to help us to live. And our young people are being told often what they want to hear. Sometimes our brothers and sisters in different Protestant communities, you know, are being told sort of what they want to hear. God-fearing people, but they're being told what they want to hear. In the One Holy Catholic and Apostolic Church, you receive truth. Now, an individual priest, bishop, deacon, even an archbishop, can err in the pulpit, but the, the teaching that the church gives to us from the catechism, the, uh, the authentic teaching, the orthodox teaching of the one holy Catholic and apostolic church is truth itself. And to embrace that truth and to integrate it into our very being and with the grace that God gives us then to live that integrated discipleship is so important. And that's what Catholic radio helps us to do is to know the truth so that we can embrace the truth mm -hmm. and then go to church on Sunday and on Holy Days of Obligation every day, if it's possible, and enter into the mystery of the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass, receive communion, receive grace, receive the grace in the sacrament of reconciliation, receive the grace of all the sacraments that the church has to give to us. And then we can really reflect God's love in our lives and lead other people to Christ. And you know, Father, you were talking about truth and the one thing that really gets me today, and you hear so much about this, well, that's your truth. That's this is my truth, and it's like, well, <laughs> you you don't get your own truth, and your you know, and my truth. There, there's one truth. That's right. It, it, it's it's just it's either 
the truth or it's not. That That's all there is to it. It's not yours it's, it, or mine. I mean, it, 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 they're not two different things. You know, your truth is my truth. <laughs> that's right. I, you know, a, a, a priest friend of mine, Father Omar Lojadice, is very good at, at proving things swiftly. And, and he does it with great humor. And so um, if someone pulls this my truth, your truth nonsense out of their hat, he'll say, oh, you have three arms. <laughs> and the person will say, no, I have two arms. He'll say, no, no, my truth is you have three arms. Mm-hmm. And, and that truth, my truth, is just as valid as your truth. Your truth is you have two arms. My truth is that you have three arms. <laughs> right. And so, and then right away, it's funny and it's ridiculous. And you realize it that... It proves the point. Yeah, two plus two really always has to equal four, unless you're using a, a Pentium processor. And then it can equal something else. <laughs> That's right. Unless, unless Pentium was going to donate money to the Quest, then we take all that back. I apologize, I apologize Pentium. We love you, Pentium. <laughs> well, and I think the, the other modern lie is that truth is boring even if there is a godly truth that somehow truth is boring and god is boring i have been blessed that the lord has kept me on the right path my whole life but i have walked with so many people that have been tempted have been misled and the suffering that they are now dealing with the regret and the shame and so i fortunately am able to be an instrument of healing But part of it is, there was a young man once who said, Father Joe, I don't want to be a priest because the life of a priest is so boring. (laughs) And I said, okay, the life of a priest is a lot of things, but the one thing it's not is boring. Um, Come with me at 3 a.m. when I'm called to the hospital with someone who needs last rites. Um, Come to me when... I'm hearing somebody's confession on a Saturday and they come in crying and they leave filled with joy because God has healed their sins and given them new life. Come with me, you know, when I get to baptize and hold a new baby in my arms and rejoice. Um, And then having been a priest for 21 years, now to celebrate the first communion of that baby and the confirmation of that baby, and in a couple cases already, the wedding of that baby. Um, You know, that's the joy of priesthood. And beyond that, the relationships, it is that we get to live in God's house. I mean, when I was 15 years old, someone tried to run me over on a motorcycle across the street from my home church in Miami. I apologized for that. Yeah, <laughs> And that was Father Adrian's biker day. <laughs> but I ran to safety at the church. That was my refuge, my sanctuary, my place of rest, and always has been. But that was the day that it became totally concrete. Yes. And so the Lord says... You know, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. The yoke of sin is so heavy. And the yoke of God, that's not really a yoke. It just is, he is the creator and he knows what's best. And he made me in his image and likeness so that I could have a unique life and to do something that benefits and packs the world. Imagine our blessed mother at 15 being called to be the mother of the savior of the world, the son of God. She had no idea how amazing her life would be. And when I said yes to God as a young man, and then on the day of my ordination, I had no idea how amazing my life would be and how many people would be impacted because I said yes. Mm -hmm. But that's a daily renewal. 
But no, the life of following God is so abundant, so amazing. I get to see things that no one else sees because when we are called to a family in need, I am usually the only person in the room who is not blood family, who is not related to that person in the room, but I'm part of every family. I get to be part of people's lives in their weddings, in their baptisms, and also in their hour of need. Yes. And to be the face of Christ in a special, unique way. Um, Father Adrian and I could share so many stories of amazing moments that I'm privileged, I'm blessed. Mm -hmm. I, I, let me thank you for sharing that with us. And that it, you're right. I mean, I, I can't, I, I would have never thought of a priest's life as being boring myself because <laughs> and while you were going through all those things the, the one thing i was thinking of was uh you know come with me when the parishioner's saying that my homily went too long you know <laughs> i'm sure you get that every now and then huh <laughs> well well father joe's voice is very soothing so they never they never complain he's got the the sonorous <laughs> tones of his voice are, are, are calming so let me uh, let me just remind everybody, this is AM 1160, The Quest. This is the best of the Quest pledge drive, stories of inspiration. We've had some from Fathers uh, Joe and Father Adrian, uh, and we appreciate that. Uh, we are now at $24,900 that we need to raise before 6 o'clock. That's what we're hoping for here, so that we can use up every dollar of that match money. And what I want to mention real quick here is... We really appreciate the monthly donors. We have a lot of monthly donors, and some of them are small, some are large amounts, whatever it is. And I just want to say, too, that with, with the economy, with the inflation, everything that's going on, and, and everybody knows this who, who looks at their household expenses, that whatever you were doing a year ago, it it's not the same this year. And the quest is no different. We're buying things in this economy as well. So... All I ask, and I, I again, I want to thank all of the monthly donors that we have. We are so appreciative of every one of you. But if you could look into possibly increasing that, even if it's you know five ten percent, that would be awesome. If, if you know, like I said, we appreciate what you're doing, but it, we lean on you for our survival, and we're trying to lean on you just a little bit more. So if you could do that, uh, we would appreciate it. Just call four seven zero five zero eight eleven sixty. 470-508-1160 uh, or go to thequestatlanta.com or uh, you could tap on the donate button on the Quest Atlanta app and uh, make your donation that way or your pledge or increase your pledge. And uh, did I mention this already? $24,900 is where we're at at this point. That's what we're trying to raise uh, by uh, 6 o'clock. So let's see if we can do that. I, I, I feel this last hour, we're going to come in strong. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking. So, well, and you know, every so often we're waiting for God to do something that's like, Lord, it's getting late in the game. But how many sporting events have we watched where, you know, mm -hmm. something amazing happens late in the game? Um, how many last minute buzzer beaters and how many impossible goals and touchdowns in the last minute home runs? Um, you know, and part of what I do is someone that wanted to be a sports writer is that still is part of my inspiration. Um, you know, and so those are the places I go sometimes to remind myself that all things are possible. Um, and, you know, I know Father Adrian has different pursuits as well, um, different interests. Um, remind me, Father Adrian, what you like to do in the rare free time that you have. 
Well, interestingly, uh, it, <laughs> it, it's not terribly exciting, but I really love to go up into the mountains and just um, just sit by, a, and this almost sounds uh, a little cliche, like hokey, but sit by a stream and just listen to that flowing water and look at the leaves and just be in that in that quiet. I love going into the church when it's empty, when it's empty and um and just spending time with the Lord alone. Not that I'm trying to hog him or deprive anyone else of his presence, but he's he's everywhere, but to be to be right in front of the tabernacle and just to be calm and peaceful in his presence, but then also enjoying uh, his beautiful creation. And, uh, and then of course, uh, there is, uh, eating. I really love cooking a beautiful meal, having a nice steak. In fact, I am taking father Joe to dinner after this pledge drive. And, uh, we're going to have some food together, but being around a table, um, with friends, of course, it's a reflection of being around the table, which is the altar, uh, with friends, with our Christian brothers and sisters, and being nourished by God Himself. But, but every meal is every meal is is sacred. Every meal is holy because God is delivering us from death. His divine providence is nourishing us. The further we get away from food and drink, the weaker we get. Finally, we die of starvation and thirst. Every meal, God delivers us from starvation and thirst. He gives us food. He nourishes us. He nourishes us with the Eucharist. Uh, so that we are are filled spiritually, His grace is flowing through us, and He and He fills and delights the soul with, with His beautiful beautiful creation. So I try to um, uh, spend uh, time in nature to to see the wonder of God's creation, and I think Dave has a word for us. I do, as a matter of fact, and because we're uh, running out of time here. Um, and I, I want to uh, give a shout out to a few people that we are so thankful for. Susan of Douglasville, thank you. Lucy and Ackworth, uh, she says, we love you, Father Adrian. Uh, Allison in Woodstock, we, wa- uh, we love you and hi, Father Joe. Uh, Lauren uh, in Atlanta, in honor of Father Joe, shout out from his life team friend, Lauren. Okay. Uh, uh, Father Tim, in, in, in honor of Father Adrian. Huh? Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Andy uh, from Roswell. We've got Christy on behalf of Father Adrian. She's from Marietta. And also uh, Teresa from Douglasville. Thank you all so much for your generosity. We appreciate it. We're going to wrap things up here. Uh, Father Adrian Ployce and Father uh, Joe Shayout. <laughs> Sorry about that. It's getting late. You know what? I've, I've been making this analogy. That it, this is a 24-hour pledge drive, and it's not. Luckily for me, it's not 24 consecutive hours, but it it kind of feels like it. And remember the old Jerry Lewis telethon where he's coming in in the last hour. He's got the tie <laughs> loosened up. He's got right. the sleeves rolled. His hair's all messed up. That's the way I feel right now. I'm the Jerry Lewis in that last couple hours of the telethon. So uh, I appreciate both of you uh, gentlemen for being here today. Thank you. It's our honor. Absolutely. It's a blessing. And uh, just to shout out to the next speaker um, for the five o'clock hour, um, Jeremy Noonan is coming up. Yeah. And uh, he is in an RCI program at St. Teresa's in Douglasville. And uh, Jeremy 
is becoming Catholic on November 1st on All Saints Day. Um, and a big part of his conversion is Quest Radio. So I'm looking forward to hearing more about his story. Hope everybody will stay tuned for Jeremy in the 5 o'clock hour. Yeah, and he'll be on with Father Henry in just, uh, well, in just a few minutes here. Thanks again, guys. Thank you.